Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, April 27, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, not a lot happened different than happened yesterday. Yesterday, the S&P or the SPY was in about a $1.40 range, give or take a few pennies on either side. Today, the range was about $1.60, not a lot different from yesterday. So therefore, when we look at the daily chart, is anything jumping off the page that we didn't see or discuss yesterday? And the answer is no, it's the same as it was yesterday. We have to take the market at face value, and when it doesn't move, it's in the same position from the day before. Hence, the trend is your friend until she throws you out. Now, we have Kabuki Theater on deck. In addition, we also have a litany of earnings coming this week. So, for example, there's a bonanza occurring on Wednesday, midweek, between the companies that are reporting Tuesday night and the companies that are reporting Wednesday morning. We're going to have one of those bonanzas. Now, back to Kabuki Theater. For the last day or so, we've been, quote-unquote, waiting on the Fed. What does that mean? It means the market is programmed. It's conditioned. It's the market participants. They're conditioned that the Fed is going to say or do something that's going to move the market. Whether they say or do anything doesn't really matter. What matters is how the market reacts to whatever happens Wednesday afternoon. The market could go down, the market could go up, it generally goes in both directions, picks one, and then goes. You have a contingent of people that think the market is going to fall out of bed, you have another contingent of people that thinks the market is just going to keep going and going and going, and either way, both parties are waiting on the Fed. Let's pick apart and pull up the hood a little bit about where we are and what the likely scenario is tomorrow afternoon following the Fed announcement, during and following the press conference. The market is at new highs. We're talking specifically here about the SPY. So we're at new highs within pennies of all-time highs. So the market really is poised for one of two things, obviously. And I'm not trying to speak out of both sides of my mouth. What we're doing is we're playing umpire calling balls and strikes, and I'm giving you the scenario on both ends. So scenario number one is the market likes what the Fed is saying. It likes what the results of the Fed is. It doesn't really matter. The market decides to go forward. It decides to go up north. The question is, how far can it go? Well, we still haven't seen yet the type of blow-off top scenario where the market just perpetually goes up and up and up, but it does it in rapid fashion. It's been going up and up and up, but in a melt-up type of scenario. The blow-off is considerably different. The market will take a piece of information, a piece of news, information, whatever it is. The pundits on TV will ride it because the market begins to rise. They'll realize that this is way better information than anybody could have anticipated. Buying begets buying, Panic buying sets in, short covering sets in, there are multiple pies in the face, and hence you have a squeeze to higher prices. Where could that take the market? 
First, probably higher than anybody thinks that it can. Second, let's put some numbers on it. First, we can't really take a guess when we're at new highs where the market will stop rising. So let's get that out on the table. So that being said, how the hell can I come up with a number? Well, I use some math. I use some geometry with a complete and full understanding that a market or a stock, any chart at new highs is completely unpredictable. But that being said, if in fact, during a melt-up, we see a specific number achieved, and it seems to be in a distant fashion, meaning it's not a number close by to today's close. And if we see it in short order, meaning during the melt-up operation, if one should ensue. And when you whittle this down, what we're saying is, if we see this number within the next few days, we'll say maybe out to next Monday at the latest, give or take then I think it's worth taking notice that that should be A, a destination, and B, warrant a reaction in the other direction. Okay, what's the freaking number? To the penny, 425.20. Again, let's qualify it. I'm not saying the market's going there. I'm saying if we saw the market at that price within the next three or four trading days, it's worth noticing that we're likely to get a reaction in the other direction. We're not calling it a target. I'm not calling it a top. I'm calling it an important number for now. We may never get there. I'm just putting it out there. What about the other side? What happens if the market begins to sell after the Fed? After all, there's plenty of people that believe there's a Fed put under the market. And therefore, whatever the Fed says or does, They're going to save the market. They're going to continue to print money. They're going to continue to flood liquidity across the markets. And that's not just really here in the U.S. This is a concerted effort on a global basis. This is not just the central bank here in the U.S. This is central banks across the world acting in concert together. But we have to cover the flip side. What happens if the market begins to sell following the Fed? Could be right after the Fed, could be the following day, but what happens if that begins to take place? Well, there's a couple of things, mainly important awarenesses, that we need to know about. A, the market is at highs, therefore, the market can sell a considerable amount, more than it would generally do in a down day, in a garden variety down day, and still not do any damage to the daily chart whatsoever. Let's talk a couple of examples. So we'll focus on the 20-period moving average. It's trending up. Price is riding the 20-period moving average. It's not really too, too far extended from home base as we speak. Home base is the 20-period moving average. But what happens if the market came down to run a test of the 20-period moving average? Well, let's just say for argument's sake, it came down to 410, spiked through the 20 period moving average a little bit, maybe finished above it, finished on top of it for the day. One of those type of scenarios. Again, this is a hypothetical. In that case, from today's close, the market would have been down about 75 S&P handles. That's a pretty big down day. But all it would have done is run a test of the 20 period moving average on Fed day. It's not really that outlandish. So we have to put in perspective 
where we are on the chart. What about another 100 S&P handles from that? Another 10 SPY points fill a gap down at 400, give or take. Well, guess what? A couple of things would happen. A, that's a pretty big down day. It would be a reversal. Things would change on a lot of charts, and we would likely be in for a trend change, whether it's short or long term, remains a mystery, but that's what would take place in that scenario. But here's the other thing. Still wouldn't be coming close to the weekly chart, 20 period moving average, or weekly chart, home base. Just putting in perspective where we are on the charts. Now, we're going to go over inside the numbers. So there's a couple of things. We just talked about the fact that it was a quiet tape. So what possibly could be inside the numbers? But here's what we're going to do. A, we're going to go over stocks on the move. We'll circle back to those after the commentary. But B, inside the commentary, the numbers are still working. So you need to pay attention to the numbers, no matter how quiet or volatile the market is. If the numbers are working, the numbers are working. It gives us added confidence that when the market does move a lot, the numbers are working. It's turnaround Tuesday. The futures were headed towards the next big fat round number. They pulled up short and turned around. That happened overnight. Now at zero dark 30, they're closer to the flat line. This is what they do and how it works. They go forward, they pull back. They go forward, they pull back. We know all that. We're moving along. Let's see what happens in the early thoughts. Here's what we've got in a nutshell. It's the front end of Kabuki Theater, which means today begins the two-day FOMC meeting. And we're likely to see another quiet market as the participants will be waiting on the Fed to see what they're going to say as if we don't know already. It's not like they're going to raise interest rates. They've already told us they're not going to do that. Now, that's separate and apart from the fact they don't control the long end of the curve when market forces do take over. From time to time when they're buying bonds on the long end of the curve, sure, they can manipulate it to an extent, but in large part, in the big scheme of things, they won't have long-term sustainable control over the long end of the curve. Down at the bottom, staying above SPY 417 on candle closes keeps the band playing on. 417, put on the board bright and early. Zero dark 30. Let's see what else we have as the morning begins to unfold. 9.33, a little bit of a screw job on pie. Not necessarily a pie in the face. It was a stock on the move, came up short. 9.39, showtime for the bulls down around 4.17. Just to give you a visual, five-minute chart, right at the vertical is today's activity, 4.17. You can see the market. As long as she's above 4.17, she tries to rally. She likes to come back and run tests around 4.17. When dipping below 4.17, did we have an understanding of where the next number was? Stay tuned. Let's move along, see what else we have. 4.16 is also important. A spike of it should bring buyers and a bounce if reached in a straight shot. They're still hanging around 4.17. We're putting 4.16 up on the board, but we have another idea as the morning unfolds. Staying above 4.17 equals a test of 4.17.65 at least. It's not that far away, but keep in mind, that's the market that they handed us today. Back to the imagery, and you can see here in this zone, 
This was 417.65. So once they stayed above 417, what did they do? They worked toward the target of 417.65, which was also resistance. And we're moving along. Here, at 9.58, we post, at 10 o'clock, they'll probably make the move. What's the move? They'll probably get off the dime and trade away from 417. That was the thing at the time. We don't know which way, it's just a hunch. By 10.01, it's a slow motion move, but they were going lower. 4.16.30 to 4.15.85 is the zone. Should be buyers and a bounce in there if reached. On a rally, still 4.17.65 is the key, resistance, and a target. Back to the imagery. 4.16.35 is the lower horizontal line. Low of day, 4.16.30, right into the top end of the zone sighted before the market got there. Roughly 15 to almost 20 minutes before she got there. So we have the numbers. We know what the numbers are on the south side if she falls. We know what the numbers are on the north side if she rises. She fell right into the zone. She bounced, got it back above 417, right to the target and resistance, 417.65, pulled back to run a test of 417. The rest of the day is a chop shop in the upward direction. I think you get the point. So what I'll do here is scroll up, let you read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. What I gave you was the crux of what was given to inside the numbers members in terms of numbers today in the notes. It worked out. You can read the notes, double check the work. If you're active in the market, in the S&P 500, options, SPY, leveraged exchange traded funds, futures contracts in the ES or the micros, Whatever it is, this is an opportunity to have a beat on where the numbers are each and every single day. Stocks on the move. Pretty healthy list today in the end. Only two came into their price target or entry objectives. The rest did not. This is what happens when the market's not moving. They suck opportunity out of the market, whether it's on individual stocks, the S&P 500 itself, whatever it is, when there's no volatility, it's not a trader's favorite kind of day. It's not exactly a Disney kind of day when there's no volatility. We'll take a look at a couple or three charts just to get the picture of what happened. We talked about Polaris before. Buzz cut at the open, guess what? Low of day, 136.95. What was the number posted on the board bright and early? How about 136.80? Ouch. Nice rip, nice rocket ride left at the altar. It happens, life of a trader. How about Centene? So check this one out, similar situation. Low in the first five minute candle of the day, 62.80 against 62.77. They missed it by that much. It's a little annoying when this happens. The takeaway is the numbers work. Unfortunately, from time to time, you're gonna miss by a few pennies. So after it bounces away from coming up short, we don't want that anymore. So the first number's off the board. But look at this. You can see here that the first number's still important when they rally back to it. What was it? Resistance. What was support becomes resistance. What was resistance becomes support. That's the way the market works. Well, look what happened here. What's the low? 61.60 against 58. 
So they're playing games. 61.59 in the next candle against 61.58. They bounce back up to 62.77, give or take. Come back in at the end of the day. The total here was no trade, no trade. Just wanted to show you that the numbers are still important. About Splunk, this one was kind of a dud. Here's a one-minute chart. You can see what happened. It kind of did the deal within a few cents of what we call a base hit. But here's the situation. It didn't really do exactly what we wanted it to do, but that happens. Not every chart, not every stock, not every bounce is going to give you what you want. It gives you what it gives you, and it's up to us to decide what we want to do with it. That's the business of trading. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Anything happened today? No, it was up 34 cents but really in the same position it was from yesterday. Above all the moving averages, not at new highs, so we still have that non-confirmation thing going on. There is a divergence between where the SPY is in terms of the position on the chart and where the IWM is. It's not near the all-time highs, but that doesn't mean they can't make an all-time high. Listen, if we're going to have a melt-up operation ensue, if that's going to take place, not saying it will, we can't know in advance whether it will, saying if it does, then everything's going to melt up together. My second favorite market leading indicator is the folks down at the transportation department. So they've already begun to melt up, up over 200 points today. New highs once again, continuing in the uptrend, continuing to push forward, continuing to lead markets. My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine of note, puzzle piece on the table. Folks out in Silicon Valley, they're flirting with the old highs. They didn't have an update today. They're down half a percent. But again, in an uptrend around the old highs, around new highs, we can't make a federal case out of down one half of one percent. They're in an uptrend. The trend is your friend. We'll just move it along. Similar situation in the XLF. There's nothing wrong with this particular tape. The trend is your friend pushing on the highs made yesterday. Nothing wrong with this particular market. Again, a melt-up is going to take everything up, and a sell-off is going to take everything down. It's all the same market in the end. Not necessarily all to the same magnitude every single day, but in the end, it's all the same market. Smash Mouth, pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. Again, we're not going to make a federal case out of down four-tenths of one percent. It's the same discussion we just had with the Qs. None of these individual charts are telling us anything very specific that they didn't tell us yesterday. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.